0: Hi, this is Andrew Ettinger, and I am the CEO of The Best Postcards, and I've recently had a delightful interview with Joy Abdullah, and I can't begin to tell you how insightful it is and how glad I am to be able to share this with you. Today, we're going to talk about creating content and experiences and why having conversations with your clients is so important these days and why your brand is you and you are your brand. There's no differentiation and that essentially your brand is gold. People tend to forget that when dealing with companies that we're dealing with other people as well. Basically, I want to humanize the industry and not make it transactional. As you can see in our video to come, that we touch upon how marketing has evolved specifically in the function of direct mail as a marketing medium. Has the postcard and direct mail become irrelevant or has it evolved in this hyper type of digital environment that we live in where everything is digital and all the credit and attribution is given to digital when at the end of the day it's no longer about trying to get attribution it's about layers and creating a relationship that transcends the typical purchase transactional process i think you guys really have to listen to this conversation it was insightful for me. I like to learn every day and I learned a lot from this conversation and I hope that you as well can take something out of this similar to what I got out of it. Andrew your CEO of The Best Postcards and thanks for listening. Joy, I'd love
1: to like know just a little bit about yourself if possible what motivates you what message you're trying to get out to the world what inspires you inside a little bit to give me a little just cuz i only know you off of linkedin off of seeing some of your posts so i get a little bit of inflection point of where the conversation's going and you know what most we can both hopefully get out of this conversation sure
2: so let me start with saying that i've been blessed by our Creator to so far I've walked this beautiful earth for 59 years and I'm, I'm delighted that I've celebrated my 59th birthday just like you and Mike and David and Ashley I'm just another human being on the other end of the world one of the 7.6 billion I'm a third generation British Indian so to speak and I've been settled and living in Malaysia for the last 20 years. I've had the good fortune over a uh, 33-year corporate career in marketing to have lived and worked out of various countries and cities, but it's all been Asia, east of the Suez Canal, so to speak, all the way to Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, this region. And today, Indonesia, is, uh, Malaysia is now home. I'm married and I'm blessed with four kids. So that's the human side of me. And my name is Joy. That's my birth name. Abdullah is my surname. My personal mission in life is very simple. It's Whoever I interact with will go away with either or of a feeling, a feeling of a touch of joy that I'd love to know joy a little bit more or, oh boy, I think I'll take him with a cup of coffee because joy talks nonstop. That's either or I do not have the luxury of, um, you know, comparing myself with others or waiting for people to say this can't be done. That can't be done. After doing my corporate career, I had one. I'll use the word revelation. It's a big revelation. But what happened is when I when
0: did your
1: corporate career when when did your corporate career end? i was
2: just when coming to start- that. I finished okay. in January 2018, and just like anybody else finishing a senior level role, I was finishing a uh, marketing director, strategic planning head, the whole nine yards, corporate communication, brand management, everything. Uh, seven years in one organization. Which was in the education sector, higher education. I came off it and I said, All right, uh, let's get another gig. And uh, I dusted off my resume, polished up my LinkedIn, and off I went, resume in hand, to look for a new gig. 10 months later, I was looking up, like literally looking through a bottom of a pit, looking up there to see, Is there sunlight? And what happened? So much of experience, so many achievements. What did I miss? Where did I miss the bus? Why am I not getting? Even an interview call, and the choice at that point, though I had a couple of choices. One was, of course, I got to put food on the table. I got a family, and though my wife uh, runs a home business in baking, I still have to carry my weight and share and everything. So I said, okay, that's a given, but that's good. Now the other choice was I could keep chasing down the get a job kind of thing and undervalue and take anything that comes along the way because that scarcity, the financial insecurity, really builds up. Or I said, hang on a second, maybe this is the time I'm getting a nudge to do what I really have been wanting to do. And I've really not gotten out of my comfort zone to do. And what I wanted to do was this. I realized during 30 odd years of marketing and strategy that, you know, in a business, we are an employee. And there's absolutely no difference being an employee and being a convict in jail. A convict in jail, when you walk in and you're fingerprinted, you're given a number. Your entire identity disappears. You're just another one of those inmates in the orange jumpsuit. One hundred
1: percent. It's like rich dad, poor dad. It's like Correct. you're you're stuck. Right. They own yeah. you to the point where you can't walk away, but it stops you from going out and spreading your wings. Correct. And finding out like so. So you worked for corporate America for all these years, and trust me, I've never done an interview before. I'm interested. Did you ever feel like you had more to you, like that, that you had more to offer that, that if you could spread your wings, because I work similar to you, I was with Morgan Stanley, I opened up another company with a partner, which was really a working stiff, I made a lot of money, but I never really got, I was always overshadowed and everyone else's opinions mattered more. And as I've spawned off and opened up my own business, not only have I been able to have the opportunity to spread my wings and and get that confidence and find out what I'm about. But I've been able to, I have 36 people who work for me that I now take that ideology and I empower all of them. There's no hierarchy. I want them to make their own decisions. I want them to be empowered. I want them to learn their strengths. And if it means eventually them going off and finding out their own thing, I always say, come to me, that's fine. But if you're here, like, it's not going to be like corporate America.
0: Yeah. So
2: two corrections. One is not corporate America. I've never had the pleasure or the luxury of visiting U.S. even on holiday or working there. It's corporate Asia. As I said, I've worked from the Middle East all the way to Southeast Asia across the Asian uh, continent, so to speak. I've worked across eight industries. So you're right. Absolutely. The only thing is, that false security of your salary and the perquisites and your business travels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, lull you into a sense of saying, I'm so important by this title, this designation, this position. When I came out and I realized that there's much more because throughout my career, for the last 20 years, I would say of the career, there's lots that I wanted to do, even in marketing, even with the brands I was working. I wanted to experiment. I wanted to explore a lot more. And I realized that, certainty, the security of the ROIs, the KPIs being delivered. My CEO, my chief operating officer would say, Joy, just confirm this to the board and make sure we deliver. That 90-day stuff is delivered. Take that off. Then we'll talk about the next thing. And so when I didn't get a job after 10 months, I said, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go solo. And let's see what happens. Because what I wanted to do is this. And this is the purpose of the business that I run today called Humanizing Business. I want to tell, and specifically in the B2B area where I play, I want to help the businesses understand that when you build relationships, when you actually appreciate your people first, appreciate employees. I know we have this fantastic saying in marketing where we say customer is the king, bollocks. It's your employee who's the king because you're hiring somebody for a particular reason. It's either you don't have the skill, or you don't have the bandwidth, or you want somebody's time and effort to build your dream. So the first thing you've got right, to do. To be
1: use, a representative of what. Representative, you know, right? to so, portray my core values, my correct. brand, because we are our brand.
2: Correct. So the yeah. first thing that happens in marketing over there is that your brand, your core value must align with this person you're bringing on board as your collaborator. I'm not gonna use the word employee anymore. So when these two people join and combine forces, and we know the law of physics, when two things get together, the strength is far more bigger. And that's exactly what humanizing business is all about. I today run a purely strategic marketing consulting business where I do marketing strategy for B2B businesses, leading them to build meaningful, emotional connections with their people. And people is a big umbrella which is every single stakeholder connected, interacting with the brand. That's it. That's me. The mission, but as I said, my personal mission is to give a touch of joy. My business mission is how can businesses actually be human? We talk a lot about this in marketing. Over the decades, there have been celebrities and big wigs who have come about personifying the brand, making the brand be human. I'm talking about using marketing as the main spearhead in transforming a business and presenting really who is Andrew, what's his business all about. And Andrew is that business and the business is Andrew seamlessly. So when people see either or it will trigger Andrew's face and Andrew's core values and why that big, why my dear friend, Simon Sinek always says, and I love him. It just comes to that person that stakeholders mind. And it's the reason why they will do and engage In business, number one,
1: number two. You you said something earlier when you were talking about corporate Asia, and I apologize about saying corporate America was a a slip of tongue. You're like, okay, so my my directors or whatever would come in and say, what's the bottom line? What's the KPI? What's the what's the NSLI? What's and what really attracted me to your page is you a lot of the same things is it's. I always say to people, I'm like, look, let's take pay-per-click, for example. Like you're talking about bottom of the funnel and you're skipping the other layers of the funnel. You're skipping the brand and you're skipping the introduction, the dating, you're skipping. It's like, it's being a general manager for a baseball team and in your last year of your contract, and you're a 500 team, you're at the trade deadline, and you've got five superstar prospects, and you have a chance to get this one stud, and what decision are you going to make? You're going to make that decision to go get that stud because you're not going to be around in five years. So CMOs and agencies are like under that gun to make that instant gratification decision instead of Instead of having the flexibility to do what you and I believe in, and that's going out and finding out what's our value-added proposition. What is it that we can say? What I want to explain to people is attribution doesn't mean it it, it We'll never know where a lead comes from. We live in a digital world. And our digital world means that anybody who's going to buy pizza is not going to buy a pizza from a place that has less than 3.9 stars. And nobody's going to buy an air conditioner from a 4.5 star or less. So my job is to brand the company that when people think it's not it's a grudge purchase it's typically a grudge purchase so yep. people are going to go online and they're going to use a branded keyword search and at the end of the day I don't mind where the lead comes from where it comes from just as long as the client gets his results and right. obviously it's a fight for like to prove but we're very data and analytically driven where we're going to mail to holdout tests and mail to some areas and not areas and then after six months with everything being the same just say listen just compare the results of one to the other but i'm not even saying that it's my medium that is bringing in the the lead or the results i'm saying it's the combination of the layers that all Absolutely. together work together and we live in a world that believes that it's just a digital end of it so first of all that paper takes away all that everything that you and I believe about. What differentiates us? How are we going to take the pain point away from the client? What solution are we providing to the client? Where What is differentiating our brand from a competitor? Why is someone going to want to spend more with us? Why is somebody going to want to use us? Why is somebody going to come back to us, not bid us out? So when you're skipping that rest of the, the funnel, funnel, which is yeah. so important, that's where you don't get to be uh, a differentiator and sure. that's why with, I spend money on social marketing but in a different manner I never sell a product I mm. just want to educate I just want to talk I want to I want there's no medium that doesn't work people say newspapers don't work people say like there, Which, it's, everything works everything's a touch point and everything brings you to where you are and we live in a generation of people taking shortcuts now.
2: You said a magic word, magic phrase out there. Everything works. Everything is a touch point. And that's, therein lies the magic that I try and bring to my client as a differentiator, which is A, you can't take away all these layers. If you take away all these layers, what you're basically doing is you're going in for a heart surgery. You're doing an angioplasty or a cardiac bypass, but you're suddenly saying, oh, excuse me, I don't want an open heart surgery so that I can still run, do my jogging three days after being operated on. It ain't gonna happen. You've got a period of time you've got to recover, number one. Number two is that every touch point comes, it's because you're dealing with a human being. A human being in essence is a highly emotional creation. I use this words very carefully. We, as much as we, I am a hardcore analytical data Person, I do not move without having data to take a decision. Great, lovely. Here's my philosophy. Data does not lie, but data can mislead. And your misleading bit happens through your own individual human biases that we often are not aware of, all right? So if you say newspapers don't work, hang on a second here. Can we look at the target person? Can we look at if, Mr. or Miss or Mrs. or he, she, whoever does actually take a paper. For all you might find out, there is a habit somebody picks up only a week paper on a weekend because you get a little bit more time to read on the weekend. Now, that's a trigger for you to say, can I bring in, to use jargon, a little bit of social selling in a section of the newspaper? remember the good old advertorials and stuff like that in editorial we used to write 20, 30 years ago. Hey, you're doing the same thing in your blog, right? You're not reinventing the wheel. Why don't you take that blog article and boom, put it out on that newspaper, maybe next to the sports sections or something, pay that premium space, negotiate with the media, and buy out 12 Saturdays or 12 Sundays at a lower cost. Budget it in. Now, Give a call to action in there so that when that track comes back to a particular part of your website, you know exactly this call to action is only in that newspaper. Boom. So now out of 12 weeks, if I've got two people dropping me a line on the website, I know my efficacy, how it's working. Number one. Number two, immediate gratification. This is our bane. I, I, I stand up with a lot of digital guys and they're coming in to say zero to 1,000 in seven days on Instagram, and I'll get you to 100,000 in seven-digit figures in six months. And I said, okay, hang on a second here. Sure, I can give you a shot of adrenaline, and you would be Bruce Lee for the next 24 to 36 hours. But have you considered what happens post that 36 hours? You're just going to collapse like a boom, like a sack. You're just going to drop.
1: But Joy, like 75% of our business comes from our existing clients. It's five times more expensive to acquire a new Absolutely. client than to Absolutely. keep a client. And also the relationship that you build with that client. The person who does my HVAC, I've had them for 20 years, literally 20 years. And I'm biased towards direct mail. I like to consider myself a marketing consultant. Oh, I love direct more mail. Than, yeah. More than... Today. I, I, I like to consider myself more of a market consultant than direct mail. Like when I talk to a client on the first conversation, we talk talked for an hour without bringing up anything except talking about their business, talking about their capacity, Correct. talking about their revenue, talking about their advertising, talking about, let's take your last two years with the customers. Let's plot them out on 3d heat maps. Then I draw a circle around. Like when we get to that point, I draw a circle and I said, look, this client is an hour and a half out of your zone. If you keep going to them and you're looking for more capacity you need more employees let's not market to the person who's an hour and a half because you should be seeing four people a day instead of one person a day i'm trying to find out all their pain points i'm yeah. trying to explain to them i'm trying to educate them on marketing in general so you have to do the television you have to do the radio you have to do the you can't just stick to one thing otherwise you're just blended in a noisy really noisy crowd right now and by the time I, 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 I try and make my calls an hour because I'm not talking about my product at all for the most part in generalistic, Sam. But by the time we get to our data and analytics and we plotted out their clients and we told them, this is who your client is. This is where they're coming from. This is the appended data to it. This is what the model is. And this is how we find people. And this is, and at the end of three months, we take all the people who signed up and we match it back to whether they received mail, when they received mail, were they a client? And, and still at that point, we're not trying to get attribution because we know that right after we put a mailer out, somebody could have called and somebody could have just gone to pay-per-click. And we're hoping, we, and we're hoping that happens because we figure that we're sending people to the website. So we're, we're telling our clients... From the beginning, on an educational standpoint, if you need to find out about it, then call your digital guy and find out how many of the were branded keyword searches or or how many people are saying HVAC near me. But at the end of the day, it's not going to matter whether I brought you the lead or not. Like I said, we're going to be able to show you graphically and with numbers that red red did this and blue did this. I had a company that did not believe in direct mail 2,000 franchises. And I got one of them to do a million pieces of mail in a national sale. And I did a holdout test. I just removed the homes 111 21, 31, 41, 51. And then it's all a matter of percentages and then matching back to percentages against the control. It was a 47% net lift, just wow. adding that layer. So that's all I have to show. I don't have to show that direct mail brought the lead in. I don't have to show that. And I don't want that for the client. And if, if I'm like, I'm a data and analytics guy. And that's so we've all yeah. firm, if it, the numbers don't lie, if I show you the numbers and they don't work, I don't want you to do it. You know what I'm saying? If it doesn't work for you, if for some reason your business model doesn't react well, and I also can't sell for you. You know what I'm saying? So I can get your leads. Very true. I can't go in and close. But I, I love I love the data and analytical part of it. I also agree hundred percent that it's very manipulatable. You know what I'm saying? Like it is. It's conversions. It's impressions. It's like where the impressions coming from. Where where, where nobody goes deep into finding see, out. Like
2: yeah, this is a common this is a common thing even across my area. The clients that I'm working with are in India and Middle East uh, primarily, and they're mid-sized. In service business, so accounting firm, education, uh, coaching and education, leadership, development, healthcare. One of the things is that this bit, they don't go deeper. You've actually got to sit down. So when I get a client, I get a prospect. So I have a my own, I'll use the word, sales funnel has got a 30, 60, 90 split in terms of calls. My 30 minutes first call is just a sussing call to say, is this prospect a hard prospect or is this prospect just somebody who wants a freebie? Because I'm extremely particular about this freebie area. I've just posted about it recently. I do not like to talk to clients who start off with, what's your average fee or can you give me a discount? And when I asked them, I said, what is the issue at hand? I'd like to first know the issue or do you have a perception of my fee? Because I don't have and my think, fee anywhere.
1: But think about, think about what you're saying, Joy. It's people are saying, this is expensive. What's right. expensive if it gives you the ROI? You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, what, do you want to go spend $500 on something that's going to bring you back $1,500? Or do you want to spend $10,000 and that's going to bring you back
2: $150,000? Yeah, I, I, it's exactly the ROI I show them. And I use the 10 times example. And I said, tell me a number that you want to achieve. If you're working with me, you're going to give me a task. You're going to give me what is to be solved. Tell me what is the dollar value that you've got. So if you want hundred thousand and I charge you ten thousand, you're going to get hundred thousand. You do the maths. End of story. And, and, and then no, he says, you're going to charge me ten thousand.
1: If you have capacity, there's no such thing as a budget, right? Like, Correct. you know,
0: Correct.
1: Like, why go into business then? You might as well work for somebody else. If, so if I can I, spend ten thousand for you and it brings back a hundred, and you have the capacity, then you should spend twenty to bring back two hundred.
2: Hang on there. Hang on right there because I'm going to interrupt. You use the word. Why go into business? And this is another education area. There are so many uh, businesses, entrepreneurs and partnerships that I talk with who are in a business and they say we are in a business, but what they are doing is they're not in a business. They're doing everything themselves. They haven't scaled up. They they haven't created growth. They've got 8, 12, 20 employees, but it's so tight paying that payroll, paying those running costs that they've not got a 15%, 12% margin to invest back in. And when I bring this up and I said, are you really running a business or are you just clearing your paycheck?
1: Did you buy a job?
2: Yeah. You, you know, you're just buying a job. Exactly. Uh, I, mean, and I, I, have
1: clients who, I have clients who make 60, 70 grand a year and they work from six in the morning until 10 o'clock at night and they, they bleed and they, and I say to them, you know what? You're better off working for somebody else if this is a way that you're going to run your business. You can't micromanage your people. When COVID hit up and it destroyed us, like, and we we turned on on the dime. I read a Harvard business article and they're like, you have choices to make. You can hide or you can get aggressive. You can micromanage or you can empower. And it's, it was something, there was more to it, but it was something that just resonated in me that said, this is my chance to shine. This is like my chance to, when everybody else is pulling back or, or I'm not going to, I love my niche at the time because I said, you don't fight like a, a McDonald's on television. And you don't fight like a, someone on Facebook who spends, there's a niche here. like yeah. that. You and be a ninja in
2: that niche. Know. Exactly.
1: Find it where your competitors are not and then yeah. own that space. And then you own it now and they can't come in.
2: Exactly. I've had clients who come in and they say, Joy, can you do lead generation? I said, sure. But what I'd like to know is, is do you just want leads? If so, why are you talking to me? Because you've read my profile. You've seen everything. I talk strategy. You want leads. Why me? And then they start talking about the issue, the problem, or what's hurting them in the business. And that goes into that 60 minute call where I say, okay, so do you want leads or do you want to address this root cause over here we can do both simultaneously and i boom then walk into the 90 minutes which becomes you know part of my framework how do i do my strategy my everything and that's why it's taken me all this time to work i work with a remote team four other specialists and three other support people we are seven of us we manage three clients so to speak i'm not big I'm not big. The reason I'm not big is because the clients I'm working with over the last year and a half through this COVID period, come February next year, we'll make it two years. Each of them are case studies and I'm working, I've got a method to my madness where I want to show the growth that these companies have had. Because in March next year, when I bring it out, what they've done, how they've done, the small two-man two partnership has boom in in leadership and coaching, but it's boomed with something that is not shooting and talking in the leadership sector. It's all about individual personal development, self-growth, but it comes back to self-leadership and it falls in the leadership category, but it's all been that whole way of positioning and connecting to the target audience's emotions, making a CEO, making Andrew as a business owner feel hey, I could do with this. I'd love to know a little bit more. That was the trigger. I'd love to know a little bit more. It's not a formal 20 series course. You buy it and you do it on your own or you talk to me every day. No, it's, it's not a do it yourself,
1: that, kid. It's not a you exactly.
2: Know. So it's content that educates but gives you a tie back to book time to talk to the coach, the trainer at your own convenience. You pick it off a calendar. Now, And I posted on this recently also, I said something that when you want leads and you're struggling to get acquisition, to get your leads in your pipeline, don't start shouting on your sales or on, you know, content marketing, but actually start looking at what is the content you're putting out? Does that content have a connection with the stakeholder groups you're talking to? Because the procurement manager and the managing director of the same business have two different emotional and mental needs now if you're using the same one size fit all message you're dead whether you're sending it as an email marketing piece or mailchimp or whatever you're gone Uh so
1: talking about the funnel right back there there, I, i do advertising, print media advertising, where I take like the Bibles of each industry and I polybag them and I, I put, and, and I let people know what I do so that when a lead comes in, it's a qualified lead. It's a more than not, they know what I do. They know what we offer. It's not about pricing or anything like that, but I spend a lot of money on social marketing and, and there's no call to action on my social marketing is to make me an authority. Is to for people to understand Correct. that I understand marketing Marketing just because I spoke direct, I chose direct mail as my niche doesn't mean I don't believe in television. Doesn't mean I don't believe in radio. And even in in that bottom end of the funnel, the more that people understand that I've helped these companies and that I know what I'm talking about, and even on that initial phone call, if somebody is hesitant or they start talking about pricing or they start saying I'll give it one month or I'll give it two months, like when I went into my social marketing, I right. said listen, you have a year and Correct. I'm not looking for leads. I'm looking for, to build an authority. The leads will come from me building an authority. I guess in, in that sense, I made it easier on my company because I understand marketing and I understand that it's going to take time to build up that connect the, the, the network. Right. It's going to take time to build up. But the more and more that I built up my authority, the more that people want to engage with me and talk yeah. to me. And, and then when I'm on the phone with them, it's not about price. Like if you're selling on price, you're in the wrong business. business. I look at some, like in, from Connecticut, where I'm from, there's a company called the Georgie Roofing and Siding, and they spent millions of dollars on television in, in the 90s and 2000, you know, early 2000 when it was truly relevant. Like not to say it's not relevant now, but it's a little bit diluted because yeah. of, all the other technological things that have come out. But right now, when they put like an ad out, no matter where they put it out, the newspaper and the shared mailer, they get the clicks and they sell a roof for $30,000 that someone else gets offers 23 to do it for. I hear it, I see it, and they take the 30,000 because we're the Georgie, you know what I'm saying? Right. that's we're going to be around in 15 years and everybody knows who we are and we do it right. And we come back and we fix it. And that's what I want to be. And that's what I want my clients to be to their consumers. I want them to be the end all solution to know that if I have a problem, they're going to be here. And
2: very important point, very important, but absolutely. The whole purpose of social is actually to build thought leadership. And this is where when your client understands that, when they get it, when they understand that you need patience, I speak about this till I'm blue in my face. And I can tell you, you can, you're seeing me when I'm blue in the face, I'm not a happy sight with a dark skin and a blue tone. It's going to come out like purple, but without (laughs) that patience, without that thought leadership, being able to create that premiumness in your price point to be able to control and command that value just doesn't happen. And that thought leadership, if somebody says it's going to take 30 days, say, sorry, I'm not your dude. I, I don't believe it's going to happen in 30 days. It takes Listen, time. I'm
1: not a direct mail vendor. I'm not an order taker. At the end of 60 days, Correct. at the end of six months, you're going to want to hold me accountable for yeah. something. And if you're just, if you're going to come in and tell me what to do, not that I don't want to have a conversation of what makes sense for you, but if Correct. you're going to come in and tell me how to do it, when Bye-bye. to do it, where to do it, then go, go find somebody else because that's Absolutely. not what we're about. We This is, this is the critical difference. wait too long. They say, I'm busy now. You're not doing it for now. You're doing it for six months from now. Exactly. When six exactly. months comes down and you're not busy, it's too late to start too advertising.
2: Late. That old old Chinese saying is that, that the best time to plant a tree is now if you want shade for later. But I forget plant the exact physiology. Yeah,
1: that's exactly it. It's a, you need the, the business owner today needs a vehicle or a system, a form of vehicles that together get them their ROI that they need, but also plant the seeds for tomorrow. That my hardest thing when, you know, and it's my, my, my biggest pain point and which is what I address every day or twice a week or whatever it is on social media is it's a digital is always going to get the credit. And if you just go to the bottom of the funnel, that you're only as good as the algorithm, or go work for Angie's List. Go work for because you're building their brand. You know what I'm saying? You're not building right. your brand. Why did you go right. into business if if wow. you're not going to build your brand? You know. This I mean, is
2: where the whole story, the whole nine yards. Way, if, I'm, if I'm
1: coming to you, yeah, tell me this because I want to share this content. I, sure. I, I like sure. it all, and I think this is educational, and I want to put it up on my website. But also, I'm also interested. If I come to you and I say, "Joy, I believe, I know I've evaluated, and you can tell by the way I talk that I believe in my product, and I will prove it out." And we do enough business that we do hundreds of millions of postcards a year. We make, we make, we do just fine. You know what I'm saying? And we've grown twenty percent month over month over the last fourteen months since the COVID. We have our growing pains, obviously. We have our pain points. But my mission is to educate masses you know what I'm saying because it's hard to educate that and I'll do it that one person at a time to get them out of that mindset that shortcut mindset so if I'm coming to you and I'm saying joy I want your service tell me what you like as if not talking just to me but like talking to my audience or to any audience tell me like how you would address that pain point
2: but yeah sure The simple sentence is actually in my banner up on my LinkedIn, which is, I'm gonna help you move your brand from your audience's head to your audience's heart. That's the sentence. Now, what does that take? It takes three steps. I call it meaning, makeup, message, which is my triple M. Starts with purpose, starts with your values, starts with a structure. The makeup is all about who you're talking to. That's very important. what do they want yeah you're very good you've got a niche you want to educate that's your mission you want to educate but do these people you're talking to in the masses we've got to have certain groups do they want education are they open to education which means are they people open-minded because we know this from our experience as in marketing experience most of the people think they know everything very few people actually believe that they're continuously learning so it's very important to use jargon, quick wins, to get first that communication over of what do I do? Why do I do it? Who am I to that open-minded people? That's the makeup stage. And then lastly is the message or the comms. That's my how. My why is it's all about making sure your audience connects with your heart, which means they actually say, I need to be in touch with Andrew. I need to be reading from Andrew. I need to be hearing from Andrew. Daily, weekly, fortnightly, monthly, whatever be the frequency. But the sentence is, I need to. And I'm saying it as a brand response statement because that I need to then creates within the target audience's own mind a desire to continuously recall Andrew. The moment you have continuous high recall, anything that comes in that slot, the immediate go-to would be I got this issue. Let me check, Andrew. Boom. Referral happens. Referral, the value of referral. So in short, I move your brand. What I do moves your brand from the head to the heart. It creates that emotional connection. How I do it is a three-step process called Triple M. How long do I take? I take four months, 16 project weeks, which lands up to about four and a half calendar months to make sure you're getting the first touches of thought leadership. You're getting the engagement that gets you leads. And that's where I stop. I stop because that's where my bandwidth currently is. But if you want the resources to help you get your sales conversion, get your funnel going and all of that stuff, yeah, there are people I recommend. I'm back away. I work on the strategy. I work on strategy implementation. Simultaneously, I work on grooming and coaching the marketing team that works from the client's end, from your end. I work with them for four months, back away. My second phase of the six to four months that I get associated with my clients is at half the amount of time that I did for the first phase. That's it. It's simple, one-on-one together, which is why during COVID, I had to made a huge, literally a 180. Everything used to be in person with my client working. Directly, and except for the meetings, and when COVID hit, I had to bring my entire process from the boardroom onto, you know, Zoom, and I use a different facility. So, I
1: like in layman's terms, are you helping people create the content that they need? Are you advising them on the content that they need to put out? Yes. Are you uh, telling, like I made, I've, I mostly do videos now. I've come to the realization that. I want it that it has to be reinforced with podcasts and blogs and, and stuff like that so that sure. it's a searchable event. Now yeah. I don't want to be searchable for direct mail. I want to be searchable for how to brand your product, how how to, you know, how to yeah. market. I don't want the calls to I don't want to call to action. And I also want to increase my 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 reach. So is you know, or is it something that are you doing that in in, because it's just, if I keep telling the story, you're right. Do people want to hear the story? Maybe, maybe not. But if I tell the story to enough people, it'll eventually, they'll realize, whether it's just like getting a postcard in the mail or a television, that after three months, wow, my sewer broke. I'm going to call this person. After three months of seeing I'm spending $8 and I'm bringing in $8, that's a pain point. Then all of a sudden they... Think back to listening to me and they come back and they move on from there so are you helping expand the network are you yes. helping
2: let me explain that Sorry. how it works the answer is yes at the messaging stage there is an entire content strategy and structure that comes into play which uses stories data and entertainment that's on the top at the support of that before you get to that content structure and uh, and what you want to do for your stories and the data you need and your entertainment route. In the messaging structure, this is where we come in to say, okay, not for data direct mail, but want to be known for X. All right. Now, how does this part of what we want to achieve connect with the target audience, the group we are talking to? What is their requirement? What is their state of mind? What do they experience? So there is a whole process that happens. I work on that myself. I create the strategy. I help clients. Two of my clients, I personally help and work including their content creation the third client of mine i work with a content agency so i've introduced them to an agency they have a separate deal the content agency creates all the content for that client that is required but sits in with my team in developing everything that is required for this training and coaching organization because it's a, a lot of the people you're going to meet
1: aren't going to feel comfortable getting on Uh, a social media or taking a picture or or, absolutely absolutely so I work
2: I I have in my team as I said I have an excellent video coach come producer come editor all right so she works from Lisbon with me she walks in and the whole process actually starts with video coaching on zoom and gets to the 30 second or one minute clips that we want okay that's the end process and goal now I've had clients who said, can we take this offline and work separately with her? I said, by all means, go ahead. Our job is to create the content. We structure it, we pass it on. She works with the client directly one-on-one. I've also had scenarios where my content team has gone in separately, the writing team, the graphics team has worked, design team is working independently. So in my business, I have these specialists, they plug and play with me when we get into these projects. Now, in the second year, we are getting into retainers by God's grace, which is good because that's allowing me to have the growth required to add a little bit more for delegation purposes. And then I'm looking at 2022 summer to be able to scale, properly scale. I've been in the business for the last couple of years now. It's time. I'm hoping by next summer, I'm praying and I'm working towards it, that I can move back to work on it and have the team to work even on the strategy side. So what a client gets is this, when you work the four to six months with me, your approach to marketing, your perspective, your strategy changes, and it creates a sustainability for the business profitability continuously, irrespective of economic fluctuations. And how do you do that? That's my proposition, is because your brand and your customer, your target audience actually have a emotional affinity. So now we've had COVID, we've had business loss, we've lost money, or we are a bit tight. But that doesn't mean you put
1: we're, your There's all over the world. There's anti-vaxxers. Exactly. Violence there's and polarization There's black matters versus white privilege. There's, there's hate, 20-year friendships, like being torn apart over True. stupid political conversations. There's True. cancel so, culture. There's woke network, it's devastating.
2: It is devastating, but you've got to look at and go back to the basic humanity is that, look, if you have something that makes another person A, feel good, B, get the value, you are going to become the go-to guy. So now the responsibility and the accountability is on you, brand, to consistently and to use jargon, show up and do is keeping constant the quality and the deliverables that every touch point that you're taking him through or her through the journey has to deliver that world-class A-level experience. So plan that bloody experience. That's what it's all about. Brand experience at each of the touch points, then map those touch points, then prioritize according to your budget. Where do you want to do the 80-20 split, so to speak, roughly talking. And then Get to executing and keep it agile. Keep it dynamic. Don't just lock your strategy away that I'm only going to visit it for one day every quarter. No, heck no. You got to visit your strategy every week, every fortnight. Yeah, this, is you've got to this is your, your business. business. This exactly. is your
1: business. How do you help? Like I have a subset of 10,000, 12,000 people on my network. How do you increase my... Visibility. If I'm a client coming to you, what are you going to do in the long run so that if I if have 12,000 people, but there's really 50, 250,000 people in, in those fields, you know, how, and I'm on LinkedIn and that's where I'm doing the main source of my, because I'm a B2B company. How would you approach increasing that organically or paid or whatever, uh, increasing that I'm reaching?
2: Okay, stories, data, and entertainment. And you break it down into the various modes. So there has to be Andrew, the person coming on video and talking, coming on podcast and talking. There has to be Andrew posting. And then the company has to be doing the same, has to be having backstories, employees, videos, content. It's all content. It's got three legs. It's stories. Then take your data as who's connecting from where, who's engaging. A lot of us miss out, especially on LinkedIn. Look at your engagement. Who are the individuals actually engaging? What are they saying? So somebody who says at a level three or a level two, a second follower, hey, this was helpful, reach out, have a plan of action to reach out through email, through direct mail to say, thank you for that comment. I really appreciated it. Here's an additional bit on our website, which you, in case it helps, do have a look. And we are happy to have a chat or whatever if you want to do. You're going to have one of two responses. One. There's gonna be no response to that direct mail at all. Somebody would have deleted it, somebody would have just read it and filed it or done. The other one would be, hey, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. As the, you keep the key doing the point
1: to me on that is I'm for a better word, like anal or OCD about it. I don't like emailing people. And if I do email them, I wanna make sure that they know that it's not a boilerplate. I want to write something in there where I'm saying like specifics, not just using your name, but specifics that let them know. I don't feel comfortable doing in-mails, but I saw that you commented and it resonated with me. And I looked at your profile and I see that you do this and blah, blah, blah. I want them to know because I'm inundated with in-mails of the same people, the same companies. I can't even tell the difference between the companies of what services
2: they're offering.
1: I don't even know what the
2: Andrew, there itself is the niche. There's where you go, your arrow slides through between the armor gap because everybody is using a boilerplate template. So when you actually write to, Hey Joy, I love that comment you made on that, my post about ABCD. And you know what, I took this up and I wanted to share. If you've got five minutes, here's a link. It's got a two minute, 20 second video out there. I'd love your comments, boom end of story. Again, two things are going to happen. One, because you've really written it personally in a conversational speak, I am going to give you the two minutes and I'm going to click on that and go across. It's human Mm -hmm. nature. But the other thing is going to be, I'm not going to get there. It's going to lie there for some time and then it's going to come back. Now, my experience with running company pages specifically or directing company pages has been that. When I've had the senior executives, and I always ask my clients to have four to five people as personal brands on LinkedIn, and I'm talking LinkedIn specifically, talking, sharing about themselves and the brand. I see that the company page receives far more traffic, far more visibility, and then finally the reach. Now, will you get it in 90 days or so? My answer is no. You've got to post, I've, my figure that I've worked out is four times a week. It's got about four different varieties and formats four times a week, covering three content themes, and then give it at least six to seven months before you see the bump up happening.
1: You want a quick- Do you, you think that the client engagement with you, the people following you will, will come organically as opposed to you reaching out and and trying to make connects.
2: If you're willing you know, to give A lot it of a people, year, you know, boxes, like yes. will
1: go and automate and say, okay, I want home improvement owners and I'm going to put an automatic thing that puts out hundred connects saying, hey, I see you're in the industry and I'd love to connect and have you in my network.
2: That's what people do. You can do that. But what's going to happen is have plan B ready. When you've automated and you've reached out to home improvement and you've contacted a thousand people. And you have 50 people responding back. That's the point where it's going to make it or break it because they've responded. That means they're interested. You've got to then have your brand, your story, your personal brand all going in to address that. So two things. I am a proponent of organic growth. And I always tell my clients and I tell my prospect, we are in this game for a year. If you're not in it for a year, tell me what do you want? I'm going to deliver it to you. But whether I'm going to do it or not is another issue. I can recommend somebody else. One, two. Yes, you can pay. Yes, you can automate. But you will be caught out. There will be a point in time where either the LinkedIn police, the LinkedIn system, or just the customer themselves will or say, it's "Hey, just it's automated. how
1: drawn, it's how played out the influencers are." You know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point, the person's pushing a brand because you've heard him push three other brands, and Correct. at that point, they lost the credibility. So, That's why it's all. Nobody's going with the regular influencers. Now they want the micro and the nano influencers, but they're even getting overplayed. So I'll tell you, you, I've
2: I've had this classic case. I'm sure on LinkedIn you've seen there are a couple of these online retail shops that are using loads of people at $15 or $20 or something like that to do their posts. They just pay people of various sizes with various numbers of followers to do their post. And it's actually become a joke. It's actually become a joke. Well, they're the not process.
1: serious about social marketing. They're doing it just because they feel they have to have a, some sort of presence. No, the companies,
2: not... companies are doing it. I can understand where the companies are coming from. They're doing it from a purpose of what you said. If I can have higher reach, the probability of conversion is going to be higher. So they go into somebody with 60,000, 100,000, 200,000 followers thinking that everybody, what they don't get is, excuse me, but all 200,000 are not seeing your post. Because at the time of posting, at the time of everything, you could be reaching just about 2,000, 5,000 people. Come on, I've been posting on LinkedIn for three years, and I've got posts, which even today, I've got video posts that run 500, 600 views. And I'm like, what the heck happened here? I don't know what's wrong, but I don't even bother because the views don't translate. What translates is the engagement. And what's the crux in engagement is, and I can't repeat this even more you've got to make that 90 minutes of your time to engage. Yes, somebody can craft your responses for you and somebody can run your LinkedIn for you. But at the end of the day, if I craft for Andrew and I respond for Andrew and somebody then reaches Andrew out in a third touch point, Andrew's lost because he's not answered anything. He doesn't have recall. He doesn't have follow through. It's like briefing a CEO before a board meeting kind of scenario. So... Organic, give yourself a year. Make sure your story, you have a content structure thematically, which has stories, data, and entertainment to catch the target audience. Define your audience from a mindset perspective, not from wallet, not from demographic mindset and value. These are two.
1: People don't understand that it's it's not only waiting for the response to come in, but once you've done this, once you've done what you're talking about, once you've built this authority, once you've entertained them, you've opened the doors that when you reach out to somebody that you want to talk to somebody that they, if they want to go take a look, a quick look about you, they're going to find real substance behind you, except not just a blank LinkedIn page where Correct. you're writing notes or you're sharing somebody else's comments or commenting on somebody else's comments, where you have some actual real oh, you of share? your own thoughts. You you, yeah. you have a purpose. And that's why I do what I do on social. That's why I spend what I spend. I don't, I don't look for any ROI. And like I, I look for my ROI is are people following me more? Are people engaging with me more? Are people, that's it. As long as that's trending upwards, then the results will come.
2: Yeah. The other thing on LinkedIn specifically, Andrew, there's just a separate point just for LinkedIn channel, which is there are tons of people who are reading you, following you, watching you, observing you who do not react or comment. I have in, uh, messages, DMs, emails coming in from people who refer to that content, who refer to somebody else and reach out. And when I ask them, they say, oh, we follow you. I said, and I look up my followership and I search for it in terms of names and I don't find it. And then I realize, follow means they actually make it a point to get to the profile and read the content. Now, if somebody is going to that, I'm giving you the extreme. Somebody is going to that kind of an extreme that really means you have something that they like. That likability becomes familiarity, which then creates trust. And the no like trust quadrant. When I know you and I'm liking you already and I have trust, you're just not even half a step away from saying, Andrew, let's do this together. It's not about the sale anymore.
1: It's not, it's not it's about a a sale it's new, it's, the sale anymore at all. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. Um, right.
3: You it's know, and, and the
1: thing is, and it's something that's just really come to me is the repurposing because LinkedIn is my platform. It's actually the only social network that I really highly, highly I do some Facebook stuff or whatever. You can see like people, there are some business owners because B2B, they don't keep, some business owners can't get business from it. So it's yeah. not a platform that they want to be on. So, I mean, they're, they have profiles, but you're like they haven't logged on in 90 days. So oh, yeah. you need to repurpose... You need to repurpose your engagements to other, whether it's blogging or whether it's podcasting or whether it's Facebook, where you can reach these people where they are. Because a lot of people, there are a lot of people on LinkedIn who, if you look, they're great connections, but they haven't logged on in 90 days.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know. So you see, you put it out in your blog. Now, I'll give you an example on the thing. Let's say we take this discussion, take this podcast. It's all out there in the blog for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. It's got a nice blog article. All you've got to do is to take snippets, take key points and put it out on your Facebook, put it out, give, okay, so Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, all of these people are just looking for quick gratification, right? So take out a 30 second, 45 second, one minute clip Write a nice, crisp, 1,500-odd character, your perspective of that little bit of the conversation. Put on the link, boom, off it goes. And you just line up. That's from one master anchor content. You line up five pieces of content and you do it. And you've got your target audience. You've got them reaching you. It hasn't failed me so far. I have to learn that's not working. So I won't use I mean, it. I'm
1: doing without it. a doubt, i'm gonna take i'm gonna take this conversation because it's been highly educational to me and i'm gonna break it up and and i'm gonna write you know please do i'm I'm not on facebook Andrew.
2: i'm happy to support i'm not on facebook and i'm not on facebook since facebook started for a very particular reason which has all come out now in in mainstream media so leave that be but i can support and i'd be delighted to do so on linkedin on Instagram, on Twitter. That's where
1: and I am. To be honest with you, I'm personally not on Facebook. Like my business is on Facebook, yeah. but I, I don't, I don't think for my children and for me mentally and Facebook is not a good place for me to be like, it's, I, I know you're, time.
2: I can understand the sentiment. I have been reading, hearing, and keeping, keeping it in the peripheral view and everything because the world tends to, it has gotten so polarized in so many places But there are still like-minded people or not like-minded. That's a wrong word. It's misunderstood. I would say there are people with similar values. We may come from different perspectives and which is the beauty of it. We have same common values coming from different perspectives, which adds to that value and how we see it, which is exactly what we are doing over here. It's a delight to have this chat with you and please share it. Please Take whichever
1: way with it. I'm no, I want to. And I'm able I hope to you don't share. it. I didn't come on here. I hope your feelings about this conversation isn't what, like you said at the within five minutes. I already know that there's no collaboration. That there's no there, there's no sharing of values. I've enjoyed this conversation. Is there anything that? That you want to like, I want to ask you a couple questions afterwards. Sure. Uh, but is there anything that you that you want to like end lead with, or leave a parting statement, or like something to?
2: Not really. You know, I mean, I, I'm not one of those that where sums
1: up. I think we talked about it. We talked about it. The importance of not being short sighted, building a brand, and being a, something that's memorable that down the road, people aren't going to have to do. The one thing I always say to people is, why are people down on pay-per-click? Why are they there? Have they never used? I understand that that they're first-time homeowners, or they're first, but there are people there, that are there on there all the time. Why do they keep going back to pay-per-click? Because that's the bottom end of the funnel where they're always going to want to just get the best deal and they don't care about the value added. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So is that the client okay. that you want? You know what I'm saying? At the yeah. end of the day, you're paying more money for it and getting less of a value?
2: Something very important to me in a client is uh, foresight or vision. So if you're into legacy, this is very important. It comes up pretty late in the day with clients' prospects when I talk to them. Building a brand is like building Rome. It never got built in one day. Neither did it get built in seven days. It got built over centuries. Now, you may say you want to be at that bottom end of the funnel, paper, click, instant gratification. If numbers is your game, great. I'm happy to talk to you for numbers on a short-term basis, maybe a quarter. That's about it. But I'll do that because I want the project from a fees perspective. However, what tickles my fancy, and you really get a lot done, is when you talk to me about legacy and you talk to me about let's build this over The next five to six years, where we are looking at it from a couple of years perspective, working together, you've got my interest. Now that's how I'm building my business. I do not want to work humanizing business as a a BCG or or a strat booze and co or whatever. No, I don't. I want it to work as a very as a business that helps your brand create legacy. In the process, what it does is that's why it's called humanizing business. You discover how. What is a human aspect of business? And you go back 2000 years, we were barter trade and all of that. So that's my end over here, where I think Mike mentioned this in the chat just now. Where do we go from here? I yeah, personally so, yeah, believe- So
1: where do we go from here? I, I, I like love you it, like Andrew.
2: Where if you're talking, you and I think we could discuss further and maybe put a, put together some sort of a podcast we've got to work this through what do we want to do who do we want to do it could be educational from a thought leadership perspective where it's you and i and a little bit of 20 minute bite on a particular topic giving whatever we need it's not too much of a difference if you can do an 8am i can do a 10pm the same day for recording and then it goes out that's one route now that one route is going to benefit both of us in our business that's one way for an industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing some changes coming. I'm seeing this gradual shift that numbers is not everything. You've got all these people leaving jobs back at your end, back in US, and that's having a ripple effect over in Europe and also in Asia. But at the same time, a lot of entrepreneurs are falling out. A lot has fallen out through COVID. A lot have uh, dropped out because doing business and being an employee are two different mindsets. And it comes back to that one individual that until and unless you're you are clear about your mindset you have clarity you understand your thought you're able to lead yourself your decision making your communication skills get impacted and when decision making and uh, communication skills are impacted you don't really move up whether you're an employee or you're a businessman or you're an entrepreneur you don't really move up so At the end of the day, there's that one bit. And one of my collaborative ventures is all about uh, clarity and communication. It's called Clarity Talks. And it works on a NLP methodology for creating critical thinking for communication. But that's where I see marketing slowly moving. A lot of understanding is coming in that not just in the consulting area, not just in the services, but even in manufacturing and real product B2B. It's coming in that marketing is actually the face, is the charge, is the spearhead of the business. The business is all about marketing and it's supported with sales. That ancient conundrum and argument of marketing or sales and are they twins or are they conjoined, whatever. But now there are like, there are SaaS companies I'm talking to in the Middle East where you really don't have a hierarchy of sales and marketing, it's more of a project function oriented mix which is working much better going out talking to the to their clients and i can see that's the move that's happening so business is starting to realize that okay marketing has certain jargon but business is all about marketing and the level that one is seeing at my end here in southeast asia side is can we talk the same language the c level the board are all talking rois numbers and kpis and marketing is talking of all this pay per click and engagement and threshold and yada yada. But can we measure? Can we bring the same data points to come? And it's happening, right? Slowly. But and
1: also data it's points that the consumer is going to understand. I occasionally bring up the pressures of owning a business, like that sometimes don't go notice when you when you're responsible for people's families, and right. at the end of the day, the buck stops here when. The amount of pressure and the amount of stress and the amount of some days i struggle to get out of bed like i say to myself Same if man. i don't get it, like i could just fall right into a rut and like people have to understand that this is rampant and i find that me talking about it lets some other people know that
2: absolutely this is okay Same. and we're all suffering from it and yeah nobody's immune to it you know i mean i'll share this with you and i'm happy to bring this if it works for you and, and your clients or otherwise So in my collaborative venture in communication, as I was mentioning, it's called Clarity Talks, and you can find it on YouTube. We run a CSR. It's a free CSR 45-minute session. It's called Think. It's all about well-being. But well-being up here in the mind, how do you keep yourself? Constant positivity is very hard. And it's really worked amazingly where we've done. We've done uh, legal, healthcare, aviation industries where we've actually gone and delivered this and help people work through the feedback has been amazing. So great topic, Andrew. And I would suggest sharing from your perspective as a business owner, the whole thing about sometimes how some days are hard to even get going. It, it really does give strength. Don't expect anything over there, but just get to. My, my, wife, talking my wife
1: is very spiritual. Yep. So, forgive me if I get it wrong, Sakura, but. She went into this, she does like these retreats or spiritual retreats. And she did a yoga retreat and it was like three days long. And they said, at the end of the three days, it's all going to come together. So after two days doing the yoga and doing the meditation, Sakahura, Sakahura probably getting his name wrong, uh, but on the third day, they blindfolded everybody and brought into a gym. And... Then they took the blindfolds off and there was 100 dodgeballs. There's was 100 balls there. Yeah, and yeah. for half an hour, people grab the balls and threw it. And at the end of it, they said, did anybody think about one of their problems in their life while they're picking up the ball? So it's getting lost in that moment. You know what i exactly. That's being
2: it's, present. It's finding
1: present. that moment and keeping yeah. it and remembering it. And we Beautiful. just as a humanity just have a, a, a horrible time Focusing on the good moments that we have, Very true. and we enjoy pain, and we it's a human nature, and we that's focus right. on the problems. But we got if we take that time to appreciate the good things that are going on in our lives when they happen, that's what all the moments are about because that's what it all adds spot up. On. To
2: spot on, spot on. I'd say it's just like this you've got to train your mind just like you train your body. You go to a gym to train and tone your muscles and create physical well-being. What are you doing for your mind? What are you, you have to consciously feed your mind with what you want so that it benefits. Yeah, but there's so such, it a, there's such
1: a close correlation between mental and physical. Like exactly when I'm feeling bad, I jump in the ocean for 15 yep. minutes and I come back. Done. And it's I'm not saying I'm cured I'm not, but but that gets me, that drives me through the rest of the day.
2: You just yeah. created blood flow. You just created blood flow, which sent larger amounts and of oxygen things, into your dopamine. brain. Yeah, so it's just science. Look, mind and body are extremely closely connected, and to that, I'll have to add, you have to know your, I'll use the word soul, heart, intuition. These three are interconnected. They're, 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 they're what drives you. They're what makes you. That's why I use this word, moving your brain from your head to your heart. That's the marketing humanizing business Do On that note, I'm going to sum it up, because that's the interconnect.
1: Listen, Joy, I appreciate you taking the time to come out with me and talk with me. I'm really happy that we did this, and you're a gentleman, and thank you for taking the time to help me, help
2: myself educate my clients. Works. Thank you for giving me the visibility, for having me on on this discussion. So, Andrew, it's been a pleasure. I have well, to call off so because much. it's getting late at my end. Yeah, you
1: know, I hear you. I need my yeah, shut-eye yeah, shut at the moment. My day's just starting.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so. have a great day. Uh, take care. Right. It's been delightful. And thank you. Let's continue this. Let's work something out we, and continue. We, it, right? we,
1: we, we, we most certainly will.
2: All right. Take care. Bye. All, right. Bye. Bye, all of you. Take care.
3: Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Really quick, I just wanted to let you know, we've just opened up a texting community, which means that you can text me questions right now and I'm spending anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes a day answering questions from people like you that are listening to the podcast. So I want you to stop and pull out your phone right now and text me at 949-506-5835. Or if you're listening to us right now on a podcast player, let's say on your phone, maybe you're going for a run or going on a walk, you can go to the description of this podcast right now, go click on it, and my team has put the number and a link that you can click on to make the process even easier for you to text me, okay? So look at that or write it down, 949-506-5835. And when you text me, just say, hello, Dave, it's, you know, whatever your name is, and it will add you to my phone. And then it's gonna shoot you back a message where you can add me to your phone and we can then talk from that point forward, okay? I'm gonna be giving away tips, links to live interviews, free stuff, quotes, frameworks, training links, Only things that you can get through this texting platform and also something specific for our friends in the print and agency community. We come across leads all the time for print work and agency work, things that as a software company, we just don't do. But I think many of you probably wanna know about those things and we come across these leads in places that you're probably not frequenting. So if you want to be able to get those leads, I also send those through text to this community. So if that's helpful to you, pull out your phone, Text me at 949-506-5835. Or like I said, if you're listening on a podcast player on your phone, you can go to the description. My team has put the number as well as a link that I think you can click and it'll make it even easier for you to text me. I can't wait to hear from you. See you later. Bye-bye.